for yourself. Banish these thoughts from your mind. But when the new nation finally adopted its constitution, and it came time to elect its first president... Here it is, the president of the Malican Nation, Fishon Wu, live from the Hall of Presidents in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. And I'm reaching out to the Malican Nation, asking you folks to send in some show opens. We need to help Kevin, Danny, and of course Lee out with some show opens. I know you don't live 28 miles from the parks, or maybe you do, so don't worry about competing against the president of the Malican Nation. Tape some show opens with some NBA basketball, playoff basketball, Major League Baseball, your kid's softball game, your favorite cooking show, your little children with their beautiful children voices, and send in a show open. Help these guys out. Now as I get ready to doze off for the next 15 minutes in the Hall of Presidents on this fine Saturday afternoon, I'm going to say you guys are getting ready to listen to the Magic Our Way podcast. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way podcast. podcast. Hey guys, what's going on out there? This is Danny of the Magic Our Way podcast. Uh, Kevin is not here. And with me tonight is a good crew that is going to help carry us through this Kevinless void. Uh, I've got Lee, our official travel agent. Lee, say hello. Hey, how's it going? And I've got my co host from a former podcast, my brother from another mother of a different color, Eli. What say up? Hello. How's it going? It's going good, man. It's going good over here. So, uh, guys, how y'all doing this evening? Full. Full. <laughs> man, <laughs> I, I haven't been to New Orleans in a while, man. So this, this whole week has been nothing but roast beef po' boys, muffaladas, beignets. Uh, man, I had definitely overextended myself this It sounds week. like you're doing it right. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so it sounds like. There's a reason we lead the nation in obesity, Lee. I, um, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but look, we got a lot of stuff to cover today, and I'm no look. Hey, Kevin is very good at coming up with some kind of opening that comes out of nowhere. Harambe. Harambe. No, that's Harambe is me. I'm Harambe. Well, I'm trying. To, that's what I'm saying. You hosted Harambe. Oh, Jumbo. <laughs> there you go, Jumbo. To you too. <laughs> Thank you, Dumbo. Okay. <laughs> So, Lee, uh, while you're here, Lee is the official travel agent of the Magic Our Way podcast. Lee, tell us about your fine agency and what it does for us. All right. Well, hey, guys. You've got a friend in Lee. That's the place to go. We will definitely hook you up, get that vacation going, and uh, treat you right. Plan a magical vacation for you and your family and get everything you want to get done and get it all hooked up for you so you ain't got to work that hard. Uh, if you want to reach me, very easy. You can call me. That's the easiest way. Just call my phone, 832-570-5490. You can uh, email me at lee at mmvagent.com. You can hit me up on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash travel. 
L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A Travel. But uh, good to be here, guys. I always appreciate being able to get in the studio and get face-to-face with y'all. And Lee, tell them one more time how much it costs them to hire you in your great services. Zero. Zero. Mm. Zero. You know what? I, I will tell you a story. Real quick. I'll make it as fast as I can. It actually, this particular cost them, uh, customer, it actually cost them less than zero. Uh, th- this particular client I just booked uh, last month, she t- had her travel dates. I said, hey, is there any way you can move that? that travel date a week later because if you can move a week later we can get you a good discount no this is definitely when we're set we have to go this date all right well you know we'll hopefully something will come out we'll see what we can do for you well lo and behold she books her package we you know she pays her money all that good stuff um last week she calls me says well just so happens the travel dates we thought were going to work aren't going to work what can you do for us now let me let me preface this she booked her hotel and her tickets and that's it no park hoppers, nothing. Uh, four days worth of tickets and uh, six days uh, at the hotel. For the same price she paid for that, we were able to add the, the summer discount. She got dining, additional days worth of tickets, and the memory maker, and she still paid $50 less than her original package. So that's what, that's what using a travel agent can do to help you out. We knew that if she could just move that date just a little bit, that she would save some money, and she saved a significant amount of money. Basically got dining an extra day's worth of tickets and the memory maker for basically fifty dollars less than she was going to originally pay uh for her original booking so those if that's what you need that's what we can do yeah and that this is why you have a friend in lay right exactly it is that that's why guys again i'm sure you're going to disney a million times why do you want to bother yourself with all this left side of the brain stuff let lee take care of it is it left side or right side? Am I saying it right? He just takes care of things. He, he takes care, care of things. I'll take care of both sides. That's Don't right. No matter what the side is. He's the genie, and you ain't never had a friend likely. Please, just just book him. Just book him. Take that burden off of your shoulders. There's no reason. Go. Just brush that dirt off your shoulder entirely. <laughs> Shake it off. <laughs> All right. So thank you, Lee. And uh, so enough of this jibber-jabber. Let's make some magic. All right, guys, and this very first topic in the queue is something near and dear to my heart. It is probably going to result in me making a special trip to California this year, but it is official. It is happening. The Hatbox Ghost is returning to the Haunted Mansion. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Can I get 10 bucks? No. <laughs> You cold man. <laughs> I ain't getting paid yet. <laughs> All right. For those who don't know who the Haunted, the, the, the Haunted Mansion's uh, Hatbox Ghost is, and I can't imagine there's very many of you, um, the Hatbox Ghost, when the, when, the, when the Haunted Mansion first opened in Disneyland, he was a ghost whose head would disappear and reappear in a hat box that he was holding. Uh, he had a cane in one hand, a hat box in the other. His hat would disappear and reappear in the hat box. And this uh, happened for a couple of weeks, if that, at the original Disneyland Haunted Mansion when it first opened. The problem was the effect didn't work so good. It, it just, you know, for whatever reason, when guests were passing through, they could spot the effect. They could see, oh, that's fake. Uh, apparently, it, it's taken a while, 
But 2015, hey, happy times. They finally perfected the effect. And the Hatbox Ghost is coming back to the Haunted Mansion. Load these many years after it opened. It only lasted a couple weeks. Very few people saw it. And now those brave souls to venture into the Haunted Mansion will get to finally see the ghost that was supposed to have been there from the beginning. He... He's an icon. He really is. He's somebody they still use to this day. They sell his likeness. He is that good. Um, thoughts? So, so what you're saying is that this particular ghost has not been in the attraction since 1969? Not only that, there's only two or three pictures of this ghost in the mansion that exist. I mean, at first, people thought this was a rumor. There was no validation until finally a couple people actually produced photographs of this ghost within the haunted mansion in the opening weeks and then it was gone just like that like kaiser soze exactly <laughs> <laughs> wow well hopefully they give him a good backstory or at least a little you know uh marketing if he's been on hiatus for that long so that a new generation could have the uh, same fan appreciation that you guys do amen now disneyland is a very regional park so they probably have a very good idea of who the Haunted Mansion ghost is. Because, I mean, again, we're not announcing that he's coming to Disney World's Haunted Mansion. There's been nothing a, a, as it pertains to that. But he's going back into the original mansion. Mm. So they might have a better idea of things. The trick is you got a whole new generation coming. So you got to give this guy a proper hero's return. You're right. Show him the significance of what should have been there from the get-go. And I don't want to see a Hatbox ghost reimagined. I want... The original hat box goes as he was imagined. So bring back that guy. Lee, uh, what do you got to say? Oh, well, I think I mentioned this last time. Like, I actually just got to try out uh, the uh, Haunted Mansion attraction on the last two trips we went to. So the first uh, first few trips, we didn't even get a chance to do Haunted Mansion. So <sighs> it would be a good excuse to go out to, to California, though. All right, next up on the queue, I wanted to reference something that was kind of brought up in the previous podcast because the man himself is here. I want to uh, reference a message from Listener X, who I personally nicknamed. And thank you, Listener X, for accepting the moniker of Listener X because I thought that was an awesome nickname. But we received a message from him last week that said, Loved Eli on the Magic Our Way podcast. Very funny. He should have his own segment with Listener Contest to name it. Listener X out listener act here with you in studio right now on mic is eli or as you called him at once elijah elijah Eli. Oh, no that's just eli but elijah, <laughs> if i could get elijah with money that'd be cool I might die. <laughs> eli's here eli is going to be a regular part of the magic our way podcast going forward eli is an expert in all things it, it look if you ever go do yourselves a favor and go to ivorycomics.com you're going to see Eli's work on there, and let me tell you something, it's spectacular. Order a book, order two, order three. It's a great gift for the family. Order as much as you would like, and Eli will personally autograph it in any way you, you see fit. I have done that. I will. Yes. I will. He will. He, he will prick his finger a la Kiss. <laughs> you remember yeah. those Kiss comics where they put their blood in Yeah, there? right? Yeah. Thank you, listener X. Um, I, it's a, you know, look, it really is a, a, a good uh, podcast you guys do. Uh, so I was just happy to be a, be a part of it. And yeah. If you need me to talk about something, yeah, creative, comic-wise, uh, yeah, I'd be glad to do it. 
And that's what we're going to do with Eli. Is Eli's going to be our Marvel moment guy. We're going to do a Marvel moment, maybe a Marvel minute. And then coming up, we're going to have a segment on Marvel that hopefully you guys uh, find appealing. So anyway, let's head on to the next segment. All right, next up on the podcast. What we're looking for here is coming up, we're going to endeavor to do another Price is Right segment because we got a lot of listener response on this one. And frankly, a lot of y'all guys talked a lot of smack about how bad we were. And uh, some of you guys, and I'm talking to you peas and carrots, uh, you kind of called us out saying you beat us a bit. So what we want to do is we want to go ahead and recreate it. And we are willing to have any listener who wants to be a part of this play along with us. So guys, you let us know. Hey, if we get enough of y'all, we'll do an all-listener version. All-star. An all-star, if you will. Uh, As Dusty Rose would say, if you will, daddy. Uh, We'll do an all-star version of the Price is Right game. Lee, can you pull that off? Yeah, what I what we really need right now is uh, at least two, preferably three participants uh, that would have uh, the ability to come on the show either you know via Skype or whatever uh, technology we need to use. But and then we'll do the same thing that we did. We'll recreate that show, but with three listeners. So basically, you won't be playing against us. You'll be playing against two other listeners, two other Moicans, and um, we'll see who can uh, see who actually can do good on this game. It's I like that Moicans. The Moicans. Like oh yeah, listen to last week's. You'll get that it. was Fish on Move. Shout yeah. out. We're gonna be talking about him in a little bit. So yes. Yeah, so if you could please write in, Skype in. Uh, email, speak pipe, whatever you need to do to get in touch with us. If you're interested in participating, uh, we'll do uh, round two, the listener version of The Price is Right. That'll be a lot of fun. And, and as the undeserving uh, champion, yes. The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fighting champion. I'll take on all comers. Yes, you are. You are. I am. So next up on the Magic Our Way podcast, we got a Facebook comment from Richard Hurt. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me not say your last name. Mr. Anonymous. Why you can't say the guy's name? Oh, it's just his code name. It's his code name, and I respect the code name. Oh, you respect the code? I respect the code. All right? All right. It's like Fight Club. First rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Mr. Anonymous. Okay. All right. I didn't know. I thought it was like G.I. Joe or something. You know, like he had a cool name. Like was, Xandar? Yeah, you know, <laughs> okay. Baron Zemo or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, no. I'm he's, new to this. Okay. He's Mr. Anonymous because previously he used to post anonymously. Um, but anyway, Mr. Anonymous again. Good news for Danny. Frank Oz has a working relationship with Disney right now. He reprised the roles of Yoda on the new Rebels cartoon, not the Clone Wars series. But... Where's the love for Brian Henson? And I saw this, and I, you know, bravo, bravo, Mr. Anonymous, bravo. I, I am a, a big Muppets fan, and I appreciate that. Uh, the love for Brian Henson, last I heard about Brian Henson, Brian Henson was doing uh, Puppet Up, and he was doing a reality show with the, the, the Creature Shop Workshop, where it's kind of like a reality show where people created uh, Muppets. And, you know, the best, you know, the best one went on to get a job over at the creature shop, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, again, a lot of love, a lot of respect for Brian Henson, Jim Henson's son. Uh, I don't know why. I actually kind of, you know, after I saw his comment, I actually went around and looked a little bit. Because from my knowledge, Brian Henson used to talk Janice and Scooter for a little while after Richard Hunt died. But then all of a sudden, 
uh, when the next movie came about, and don't get me wrong, he was still doing positive publicity, but for whatever reason, he wasn't seemingly in any way involved with either Muppets or Muppets Most Wanted, so I don't know what happened to him. He talked well about the Disney company afterwards, and they talked well about him. He even had a D23 um, article feature on him at some point in time. I know he used to talk the monkey uh, in the South uh, skits that they used to do. He took over the Muppets uh, newsman from, from Jim Henson, but I don't know that he ever really had a, a significant character, that, a significant new character, I should say, that they've, they've, they've used. So... Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Brian Henson and the Muppet Company. Um, so if you've got any insight to provide on this, or if anybody can give me any insight on this one, that's just one I have to cop to not knowing. I don't, I, I've looked around for it. I don't know why Brian Henson and the Muppets are speaking very well of one another, but seemingly Brian Henson is just not involved in anything going forth with the Disney Studios. Um, that sounds like a lot. What he's already doing, from what you're saying, so maybe he's just on some sort of, you know, little hiatus, kind of chilling. So, well, he's doing a lot, no doubt about it. But I mean, first theatrical release of the Muppets in a while, it is a little suspicious that he wasn't involved in that. Well, that depends. I mean, you know, um, that's his dad's thing. He may have like some concern about that. I, being well, able to keep up he, with that legacy. But he took over for his dad. He was directing a couple of the Muppet movies, like the Muppets Christmas Carol, mm -hmm. Muppets uh, Treasure Island. Uh, he was director on those. He was performer. He did a couple of the more classic characters. It, it does seem a little bit purposeful. Well, I mean, it's like this. It's like you, you always see a lot of times about how there's some some rich businessman and he makes an empire of some sort and then they're like why do you do this and he's just working and working he's like i'm doing this for my kids and then like the children get old enough to get the thing they're like here you go here's the business the kid's like hey this is a cool business but i'm not you you know so well i agree but it's not like he's voicing kermit i mean <laughs> <laughs> It's not like yeah. he's doing Ralph the dog. He's doing Janice and Scooter, which are Richard Hunt's old characters. Okay. Um, so, hey, look, you might be right. Who knows? Who knows what, what the history is? I don't think we're going to find out. But thank you, Mr. Anonymous. Yeah, great question. I wish I knew the answer to that, but I don't. All right. Next up on Magic Our Ways Q, we have another Facebook message. This one from coming from Josh Coco, a.k.a. Doc C. So, uh, if you remember last <laughs> week, um, Doc C had mentioned that he was heading down to the world, and we had asked him to do a couple of things. Uh, Kevin had asked him to take the behind-the-seeds tour if he could, and I had mentioned maybe taking a nice, cool pic with a crazy hat of some kind. Um, so, Josh, uh, Doc C wrote back, let us know that, unfortunately, he was unable to make it. He says, uh, I went... I want to so badly, and we had hotels and everything booked, but we had to cancel this weekend. Can't express how much we wanted to head up. But we will head up there. I'll let you guys know. We try to go once a month, but April's not gone well. Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So, sorry. That sucks. I hate to. I would hate to have to cancel any trip to Disney. Uh, but don't worry, sir. Uh, we know you'll get out there soon. And by the way, your uh, prizes are on the way uh, for being the listener that guessed where I was at, which... Hint, hint, there may be another challenge next week. Whoa, whoa, what? Just saying. I'm not 
not for sure, but I may be going out of town next week and might be someplace interesting. So we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. So make sure you tune in next week to find out if we have another challenge. And, and let me just say something doxy right now. I, I get that. April's not going well for you, sir. It has sucked for me. April has been terrible. <laughs> terrible. I've been sick. Well... I've been sick generally since the start of the year. I don't think I've been healthy one day. I've been afraid to visit you. Yeah. At least you didn't get hit by a car. Well, Who got hit by a car? By his wife. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) His wife hit him with a car. Are you okay? I I am now. I'm trying to get the business, but they're not ready to split up just yet. Whatever. (laughs) She ran you over with a car? Not ran me over, hit me. It would be different if I got ran over. She no, saw she you, didn't. right? No, she. Well, that uh, hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> no, she didn't see me. I didn't see her. I wasn't paying attention. She was in a hurry. Bam. What, what yeah. you listeners can't see is that when Lee is looking at Eli and says she hit me, he's winking a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, I've been I've been a little sore this month. Uh, I actually feel pretty good today. I might actually try to go for a run this week. So we'll see what happens. I was mad when my ex-wife made me go broke because she bought like an extra pair of jeans. I, <laughs> I, I, but you never, your ex-wife never tried to kill you. She might have. That was killing Emotionally, me. Emotionally, she did try to. Kill I used you. to get chest pains at the age of twenty-two. And next, <laughs> and scene. All right. Next up in the queue, we have a tweet from Fish on Wu who said, "Hey, guys." Behind the scenes tour is excellent. Everyone should try it for $20. Walking through, living on the land, well worth it. Thank you, Sean. Uh, I know we, we kind of gave Josh the uh, responsibility to go ahead and do that. Josh wasn't able to get down. Thank you for giving us a little bit of an insight. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, Lee. Hey, just to add, though, uh, Josh, Doxy, please feel free to still do the tour, and uh, we'll have you on the show to give us a, an extensive a review of the tour also though uh we had mentioned we we were imagining mr fish on these rides and wondering like what the heck are other people looking at when he's recording these intros for us uh but he did tell us hey moicans i do set a kid on each side i get odd looks but oh well hashtag kids on the other side but hey if you're in the parks and you see some guy recording with two kids on each side of him hey Maybe hit them up. It might be. It might be fish on. You never know. It's, it's a matter of fact. We definitely encourage all Moicans to feel free to walk up to anybody that's got kids on either side of them and ask them if they are fish on Wu. And let yes. us know how that goes for you. Be yeah. part of the community. Yes. I'm with that. Yeah. So anybody you see with two kids on each side, just ask them, are you fish on Wu? <laughs> he says no, don't believe him. Yeah, he's lying. Because sure. we told him to deny it at first. Yes. So, so ask him several times. Yes. Yes. All right, and next up, I, I got to tell you guys, uh, Kathleen Kelly is doing something amazing mm. or is trying to do something amazing. She is trying to put together a book uh, on Disney, and uh, she was gracious enough to ask for my services in designing the image for the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, I saw that. It was pretty cool. Well, thank you. But, I mean, it, it's a great, great idea for a book and a lot of information a lot of people could could really use and i know lee lee you you'd said that you kind of had a personal connection to this you want to um yeah i mean just to mention it i think we had uh i i had mentioned this before but uh 
you know, a lot of talk with the uh, the guest assistant passes and stuff like that. I actually do have experience with that. My my youngest son is a special needs child, and uh, you know, I think a, a book like this would definitely help out uh, in that side of the of the uh, Disney uh, community because there's not a lot of information out there. So uh, I definitely support it, and uh, I I really would like to. Uh, I, you know, I've been pushing it on my page and on my personal page too. So if you can at all, uh, you know, donate anything at all to this Kickstarter campaign, please check it out. Uh, I think it's a worthwhile cause and a lot of people will get uh, some benefit from it. Listeners, if you would like to donate, please check the show notes. There's a link to uh, Kathleen's Kickstarter. Uh, you can check my page as well. I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times on my travel page. So uh, give if you can. It's a worthwhile cause. All right, and next up here on the Magic Our Way podcast, we would be remiss if we did not cover the new Star Wars trailer just released today, and um, we're going to go right into it. Lee, thoughts? Um, I already knew it was going to be good, but yeah, it's I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I, I'm, I'm, man. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I mean, it, I know it's just a trailer, but man, I mean, just to see Han Solo like that, that put it all together, and yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited, man. I don't I don't know what else to say. You I, know, I can, can tell you, and and you just seen it with your virgin eyes, right? I, I've seen this like six times already. God bless you for waiting, sir. That that was great. <laughs> it wasn't easy. It wasn't. I, I couldn't wait. I've seen it about six times. And I got to tell you, I've also seen the new uh, Batman uh, versus Superman trailer, um, and it doesn't even compare. It just doesn't. Uh, the, the, the Star Wars trailer is really good in terms of getting you hyped up for it. I will say this. I've got one criticism, just one little tiny itty-bitty piece of criticism. How dare you? I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I do. What's that? You're going to have Han Solo at the very end there looking very old, very gray. Couldn't Chewie have a couple of gray <laughs> looks? Just for Wookiees. It looks <laughs> good on you. Like, Chewie looks like a day hasn't passed since episode one. I mean, well, you know. Or four, I guess it would be. Um, Han Solo looks like he's in his. And well, he is. He's yeah, in his he 70s. Is. Couldn't we have given. Chewy some 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 gray locks. That's all I'm saying. Mm, uh, you know, there's a there's merchandising and, and such that's with it, and there's a certain continuity. You can forgive Han Solo being older, but I think like uh, when it comes to like the, the the creatures and the how you say the the mythos of Star Wars, like in the case of Chewy there, uh, that 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 still works for me because he's that, an alien. You know what I mean? Like time doesn't really have to. Be the same way that well, we're used to it. Being. Yoda got older. Yeah, Yoda did go. He older. started old, though. You know, well, not, started but old. not in the prequels. I'm just saying, but he's not a Wookiee either. That's so a good it, point. it doesn't look odd to you at all to see a very old Han Solo next to a very <laughs> in his prime <laughs> Wookiee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, that was it. Was just something that it was just cool to see. We don't know. It's what, cool. Hey, it was cool to hear Chewie. We're home. Yeah. That's cool. But then you look, and Chewie looks like, again, episode four, and and, and Han looks like he's seen heaven and back. (laughs) (laughs) But if you have Chewie, and he was, like, gray, he he might look like a wampa. 
Now <laughs> that that is true. I'm not I'm not look I'm not looking for all gray chewy, but somewhat gray chewy. Somewhat gray chewy. Somewhat gray chewy. Just a little salt and pepper. A, a, little, a little salt bit. and pepper here. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I mean, I give you this. Um when I saw it, the the, the thing that hit me the most was like how uh, sleek, I guess, or how upgraded the like the stormtroopers looked. Yes, it's a very slight difference on the mm-hmm. design, but I mean, it looks menacing. It looks more it menacing, I, I should say. It's a great design, and it really is. It, it's something to where they took the old design and they made the new design look familiar enough to where it evokes the old design while still being new. So yeah. that. And that's what's great about it, and and that's what I would argue for the Wookiee. I mean, <laughs> it's like we got the 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 old Wookiee that looks the same as the old Wookiee. I want a new looking Wookiee that looks a little little older. That's yeah, all I'm but saying. yeah, I hear that. I, I can respect that. You got a creature that's all hair. Surely some of it is gray. But you're the, taking a chance. Fair enough. But again, I, I would think the idea behind it is to say. Listen, we've sold a bunch of brown-haired Wookiees. <laughs> I've, got, I've, I've got a new idea for y'all. Partly gray Wookiee. <laughs> well, now we're going to... I don't want to make it too weird, but if you use that trade of thought, then that's like saying, why doesn't the Millennium Falcon have like a ton of rust on it? You know what I mean? Because yeah, just, you know what I'm saying, but you can explain that, and they got they had really good maintenance. I mean, you're gonna say Chewy dies? No, I'm <laughs> just saying that like you have to like with something like this, you have to be careful as to how you play with the continuity of stuff. Hey, well, guys, it's up to you. What do y'all think? Do you, you, you like the new uh, Star Wars trailer? Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you uh, do you think Chewy is just a little young looking? Uh, Lee, any thoughts? I have to defer to you on that one, Danny. It is interesting that the, it's, he doesn't look any older. It hasn't aged a day. It hasn't aged a day. I'm no. with you on that. But I'm still going to go see it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I might wait like a few weeks because I like to go. If I go to movies, I, I don't like like that a huge, huge crowd. And I know that that crowd will like be big for a long time, which is well, good. I'll tell you this. I saw the original Star Wars um at the drive-in movie. Oh, wow. Whoa. And so I plan on seeing this. We have a drive-in about an hour from our house. I plan on seeing this one at the drive-in as well. So that's going to be cool. Okay. I, d- I don't know who some of the other people are. That's my only question. I'll wait until a movie comes out and just be into the story and whatnot. But, like, there were some people that I was like, wow, who the hell is that? Like, there was a, again, it was a stormtrooper that looked like he was made of chrome or something like that. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know who he was or she was or it was, but I was like, wow. It looked it looked great. It looked awesome. This trailer was a home run in every aspect. When it starts out and, and you see that speeder running through this planet where you see the um, that the imp- remnants of destroyed um, Empire, Imperial spaceships. TIE fighters and, and Death Star. Uh, not Death Stars. What do you call them? Um, Imperial Starships. Just exactly the right cord, holding the old burned out Darth Vader helmet. It's all perfect. That's why, like a lot of people online, they you know, and I understand that the stormtrooper in there uh, who who turns good, 
I believe his name is Finn, I think is what it was. But in they released the cards, and I saw that. Um, mm. But I'm trying not to get too caught up in the story until I have a whole story to kind of rely on. Yeah, so, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like a... I'm, I'm with you in the sense of, like, you know, it's a trailer. Right. And, this, and as long as you... When you see it, you're like, oh, then that's a good sign. Yeah, it's very hard to speculate on something that's like, you know... A minute and twenty eight seconds long, you know. But if it if it hits you and it's like, man, that was awesome. You got my twenty dollars because I'm gonna eat popcorn when I go see that one. To be fair, they had my twenty dollars even before. Even young Chewy will get my twenty bucks. Young old Chewy would have got forty, huh? (laughs) (laughs) If they had a new action figure based on old, I've got young Chewy. I I want old Chewy. I'm gonna get you some white out and we're gonna put it on. Get a little little gray out. Make that happen. I'm gonna do that for you. All right. All right, so now we're making our way to the hub. And first up on the hub is a, is a subject that Eli and I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit. And that's the new Daredevil series. Because, Eli, your, your primary function on, on this show right now, as it is, is that we want to get you your own segment. Uh, we wanted to do a Marvel Minute which may actually work into, a, if I know you, a Marvel moment, <laughs> maybe a Marvel monologue, whatever it is. It's going to, look, it takes you a little bit more than a minute to explain how you feel. So um, what I'd like to do is take this moment right now. You, you've seen it. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Daredevil, the new series that just debuted on Netflix. Okay. Tell me what you think. I would I would start off with saying this. Uh, you can tell a lot about a show based upon the people that are the architects of, of putting it together. Before you get to the actors, and I know we'll we'll hit all that the action and everything. Um, let's just let me just throw this out to you really quick. Mm-hmm. To check this out, the amount of experience that's used just to executive do the uh, executive producing of this show. Mm-hmm. Consists of a guy that worked on Smallville. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a ton of comics for, for DC. That's Jeff Loeb. Uh, okay. Cool guy. I met him once. Uh, Stephen D. Knight. Uh, he's done a few other shows. Maybe you heard of him. Uh, Buffy. Angel. He's, you know, he's done some writing as well as some producing on that. Uh, right. Drew Goodard. You see, his, you see his credits all the time. This guy worked on Lost. He worked on some. He wrote some episodes of Buffy as well as some episodes of Angel, as well. And then you have the whole crew of uh, Marvel behind it. So my point is, is that this show was already set to be like uh, a, a benchmark for like you know uh, comic book or you know superhero storytelling, just based on the architects of people that put in their energies to to make that happen. That's a lot of experience in that genre. To put that show out. I would agree with you in, in respect of... You can see that on the screen, too, when you're watching the show. You can see that you have people there who know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, having watching, haven't been watching the, uh, the Gotham series. Um, I kind of feel like it's a flawed series from the get-go in that everyone's kind of waiting to see Batman come, come to light. And you're never going to see that in Gotham. Whereas with Daredevil, you see the birth of Daredevil... You see, and this is a series, I believe, that can maintain a 12, 14, 16, whatever episode uh, limit they want to maintain because you can work with Daredevil on the streets. You can work with, you know, Matt Murdock in the courtroom. 
it was just a brilliantly well done series. I mean, couple flaws here and there, but for the most part, really worth the time to invest yourself if, if you're a fan of the genre. Now, if you're not a fan of the genre, let me tell you this. There's not going to be anything there that's going to suck you in. It's not going to be anything original that you haven't seen. This isn't Breaking Bad. This isn't, um, you know, some people like Disciples of Apocalypse. Uh, you know, whatever it is. What? Disciples of Apocalypse. Uh, Sons of Anarchy? I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> you were close, though. You were real close. I was like, wow. Well, you heard that show. Is that British? Can I tell you something? You know what Disciples of Apocalypse is? No. It's, it's an old uh, WWF gimmick. <laughs> The guys, the guys that were riding the barbarian and the other guy with the bald head, right? Well, I don't know about the barbarian, but they were riding motorcycles. Yes. I've never seen that show. <laughs> I give you this, though. The development of the character isn't the same as, like, Walter White or, like, Breaking Bad. Like, the supporting cast isn't as hype. Like, you know, there's no Jesse, for sure. Um, Froggy Nelson, I, I think he's, he's cool in some aspects of it. Mm-hmm. The girl, I don't get. The, okay. the, the the lady that's with them, I don't get. I understand why she's on the show and and what her purpose was, but she cried too many times. But those other shows, they were on channels or whatever where you watched it. And then like next week, like like you get the cliffhanger, right? Mm-hmm. You get the cliffhanger on like Sons of Anarchy and Breaking Bad. Like, dang, what happens next? And you gotta wait the next week. Netflix doesn't allow for that, which helps and hurts at the same time yeah because you could watch it and you could get hooked but now you can just go you know you just wait what 15 seconds and then (laughs) the next thing is up but that that's one of the things that was good Uh, let me ask you this are you saying like there's when the show's on netflix you Mm -hmm. don't have time for that quote-unquote water cooler talk Right, yeah, because you, you're not waiting the next day to talk to your coworkers about it, and and oh, what did you think about this, and what do you think is going to happen there? Mm-hmm. You just move on to the next episode, right? And, you know, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. You, they, when the show hit, put it like this: when the show hit, everybody's like, oh, "I watch it, Dad. I'm about to binge watch 13 episodes." And I was like, oh. you know, this is rough. But at the same time, you look at everybody on Facebook, and they're like, "Oh, did you see the Kingpin part?" And I'm like, "Damn, I haven't." I just started it, you know what I mean? So you were right. There's that certain part of the uh, of a community of talking with fans that, you know, you can't get until you actually watch the whole thing. Yeah. You can't really get online to converse about it until you've seen it. And, and I'm saying from, from beginning to end because you have to see all episodes. You don't want to risk going online to read about this, that, and the other because you're going to be informed as to what's going to end up happening. But as you say, that can be a good thing and a bad thing. Like mm. Green Arrow, that's available online to go ahead and look at. Yeah, I, I still haven't watched that. I've watched the first three episodes, and after that I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I, I don't really need to see it. Daredevil was more of a sense of, I need to see the next one. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think it was, go- it was good in that respect. Do I think it would have been better if I would have had more time to anticipate the next episode? Probably, absolutely. No, it's a, it's an absolute. Perhaps, yeah. but there was a moment there to where, and, and you and I talked about it, where you were kind of stuck in mid season. Oh, and, you t- okay? Yeah, yeah. So there was a point in time where you kind of said, "Okay, I kind of reached my point where the questions I need to have answered was answered." So it is kind of a risk in the sense of 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give you all the episodes at once, so you never really have to wonder for too long. But at the same time, you have that assurance to know that if you have an episode to where, if they were allowed a week or two weeks or whatever, how many weeks they were, mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't have waited a week for that. I may have waited a week for that. That's fine. I can move on to the next episode and be okay. Yeah, there's um uh, the guy that plays Daredevil, uh, Charlie Cox, very good. He's not. He's not over the top where it's like, oh, I gotta do save the world and save Hell's Kitchen. And he's not extremely meek either. He's just, he's very good, kind of like right in the middle. It's like, you know, he plays a part right where he needs to be. There's a lot of stuff that I guess I can hit that's more good than bad. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, the fight scenes, look, <laughs> I, I, I love the fight scenes. There's the, the Cutman episode, the second one, where he, he fights to save this kid. You know, well, uh, we're trying our best not to spoil anything, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> you know, look, if you're a fan of Daredevil, you're already going to know Kingpin. You're already going to know Wilson Fisk. You're already going to know uh, Matt Murdock. I don't think we're going to be really revealing too many, too many things. Spoiler, you- he's blind. Yeah. Can I ask you this? Yeah. What did you think of the Kingpin character? Oh, how, how did Vincent D'Onofrio play the Kingpin character? I I I gotta say, um, he's very good. I mean, first of all, he he looks he looks like me. You know, the the Kingpin in the comics is an extremely huge man. Yes. Uh, so for what it's worth, he played him good. He had like a good look to him. Now, yes, it translates well. Yeah, yeah, it translates well for what it is. Now, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this. Um, he wasn't what I was expecting when it first when he first appeared. Because he was very, you know, he's very like, hey, can we can I talk? And I was like, man, now nah. in the comic books, this dude just he comes and he's like, hey, you're doing this, and then like, you know, like yes, sir. So I like the way they played the way you know he was the man with no name and everything like uh-huh. that. And uh, but I'm gonna tell you this. He does the when they first really introduce him and he's talking to the lady. I could, I don't know. There was something about it that was very genuine, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, just being sensitive and everything like that. But when that guy messed up the date, I was like, oh man, I would kill you. <laughs> you know, I would kill you. And when he did the thing with the car, he just messed that guy up. I cringed. I literally, I, I did. I cringe. I was like, oh. So, yeah, he played that guy very well for what they needed him to do to be this guy who portrays just enough strength that, you know, you don't want to mess with him. But at the same time, he's not untouchable. The other people that he had on his belt, they were like, you need to be the kingpin. Nah, you're not. And they would just do stuff. And then when he would lash out oh man wow he's see, very tense you know for me i kind of felt like he played the cling the, the kingpin well when he spoke more often than not he kind of sound sounded a little bit constipated to me <laughs> he always sounded like he was clenching a little too much and um you know just me just my my appreciation of it he he kind of played him a little weak he kind of played them like you know. I'm used to the kingpin being this overlord who just doesn't care. I see, which is yeah, yeah. And he played him like a lovesick puppy, like somebody who just never got the attention, 
And that's something, and, and we're about ready to get to, into this, and so I don't want to spend too much more this time This could on be it. a Marvel moment. I, I, yeah. I, yes. We're about ready to get into this in the next topic we're about ready to discuss, and that's, um, I kind of felt like he played him as somebody who was emotionally scarred and crippled, and because of that made bad choices, as opposed to somebody who had a ruthless ambition. Hmm. That's that. That's that's interesting. I think they did a really good job of fleshing him out. I think that's the key to someone like that. I mean, like you, I've I've seen different incarnations of the Kingpin. I mean, I saw the Dead Devil movie. I'm sure you did. I'm sure everybody yeah. did. You know, and Michael Clark Duncan. That was a huge ass guy. If the dude was just completely, totally, you know, um, hard, you wouldn't be able to identify with him at some point. Look. I liked the show. It kept me interested. It kept me wanting to see more. It was seamless. Uh, everything built on itself. It was a little disappointing that you didn't get to see Daredevil in his full Daredevil suit. Until the very, very last 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. And I, you kind of and you kind of saw that coming, to be quite honest with you. And, and when I saw it, I'm like, okay, that that's a suit. It's not the Daredevil suit. It's more of a... It's more of a Daredevil suit if it was done by Batman. It's not really the Daredevil suit that I associate with Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But I'll go with it. And uh, it, it worked well. I thought the actor who portrayed Daredevil did well. I thought the actor who portrayed uh, Foggy uh, did okay. Yeah. He had his moments. He just did. The Kingpin was well done. I would just say if there's one criticism I would have towards it... Is that they 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 play the the kingpin a little bit like a like a wuss? Uh, he just seemed like an emotionally stunted child, who when and there's an episode where he looks in the mirror and he sees himself and what he sees is himself as a child covered in blood from that first heinous act he committed that defined who he was from that point going forward. But um. I think we've said, I mean, Lee, and do you have anything to add? I know you probably haven't even seen this, right? I've never seen the series at all. Okay. I'm not a, a, a big uh, comic book person. Um, it is, it's a Marvel moment. It's a, we, we normally call these segments the Marvel Minute, but I knew this I'm was going to go for a while. Yeah. You know, look, it's a great series. It's well worth your time and well worth the discussion. And probably, if it wasn't just a week into the series, we'd probably get into a little bit more of a spoiler kind of thing. But overall, I'd highly recommend it. You? Yeah, no, I, it's it's very it's very entertaining. It's, it's very good to say that it's it's on Netflix. Yeah, that it's a Netflix original show, and I think uh, if anything, it's again supporting Disney and and their endeavors. And uh, this is definitely worth the time to invest. Absolutely. And last up on the queue today, we have one final segment. It's going to be regarding these Disney remakes of existing animated films that uh, they've been pushing these forth lately, and um, they've got a lot of them approved, and I put together a list, and as far as Disney properties that were already animated films that have been remade, I I came up with a couple. One was 101 Dalmatians that was remade live action. 96 was remade with uh, Glenn Close, played the role of Corella DeVille. They did an Alice in Wonderland in 2010, and that was uh, Tim Burton who did that. And then they did a Maleficent in 2014, that was Angelina Jolie. 
Cinderella in 2015. Lee, you were the one who saw that. I haven't seen the remade Cinderella, so you can add a little bit more to that. And then uh, finally, a Jungle Book that was done in 94. Those were the live-action remakes of existing Disney properties at the time. Since then, Disney's kind of kind of moved forth with a uh, a lot of films that have that are going into production. Some are in development. Some actually have release dates. Thus far, Pinocchio it's in development. Mulan is in development. Winnie the Pooh is in development. The Jungle Book is being made right now. It has a 2016 release date. That's being done by uh, John Favreau. Uh, Peach Dragon's being done right now. It has a 2016 release date. Dumbo is also in development. That's going to be redone by uh, Tim Burton. So the question that I have here is, guys, what do y'all think about all these live-action remakes of, of existing Disney properties as it pertains to uh, animation going over to uh, live-action? What do you think? Uh, just side note, uh, you didn't mention Beauty and the Beast as well. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Beauty and the Beast. I missed that one. Beauty and the Beast, uh, Emma Watson is also being redone. So uh, just initial thoughts. Uh, after seeing Maleficent, after seeing Cinderella, I thought both those movies were done really well. Uh, I'm going to well, throw I, well, my yeah, drink gonna, at you. We're going we're gonna to talk about Maleficent uh, a little more in detail. But, you know, now Cinderella, I mean, is it a great movie? Is it something that's, uh, you know, that I've just rushed out and would go see again? No, but... That movie's not made for me, you know. You understand what I'm saying? But yes. as a as a film, as a story, um, I thought it it did really well to stick to the original story, mm-hmm. uh, and what they did with it visually, I thought was really good. So mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, I, I, me and you had a discussion already, a little chat about Maleficent. Uh, I'm not going to totally disagree with you. I see now that you've made your points, which you'll make again. Yes. I kind of see where you're coming from. But I thought it was a good film overall, period. Uh, whether or not you know, we think that it was true to the, what it should have been, I thought it was a, a, a well-made film. Uh-huh. So that's where I'm going with it. I, I think that you know, when you look at who's going to be in uh, Beauty and the Beast and the casting already that we know about, should be pretty solid. So I'm positive about it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a good attitude about it. There's some things that I'm like, really, wow. Uh, Dumbo, for example, I don't know how you're going to make that work. But you got Tim Burton on it, so there's a pretty good chance that it's going to be good. Uh, my question is, how freakish is Tim is Tim Burton's Dumbo going to look? Very freakish. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, I, I, I just want to see what he does with the pink elephant scene. Yeah. <laughs> that in and of itself is going to be worth the price of admission. So, I mean, Danny, you can go ahead and start it off. I know you got some strong opinions on the Maleficent movie, so you know you can throw that out there. Um, I was not a fan of 101 Dalmatians at all. I thought that was a, a terrible remake. Okay. And then, can, and then can they came out with 102 Dalmatians, mm-hmm. which I fell asleep, literally fell asleep in the theater. So that, that whole franchise I thought was, was a bust. Can I say, before I get started, can you get started with 101 Dalmatians and what you thought of it? Because, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I remember seeing that once and being like, ugh. So it, whatever opinion you have on this is going to be better than what I would have on 101 Dalmatians. Maleficent is very strong in my man in my mind because I watched it last night and if I could have gouged my own eyes out I would have. Uh, <laughs> so we're on opposite ends of the spectrum on this one. <laughs> oh, it stunk. <laughs> it 
stunk. It was awful. It was really one of the worst movies I've ever seen based upon an existing property. And I don't want... Because the idea is that we're going to be talking about this in, in relation to where we think uh, Disney needs to go with existing properties. And is this... Can you remake this? Can you remake that? And that kind of thing. So I don't want to get caught up too much in Maleficent. But I got to tell you, I just saw it yesterday to prepare for it. And it was awful. It was just awful. From those ridiculous cheekbones that uh, Angelina Jolie wore (laughs) in order to pull off the role to raping. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They just raped the source (laughs) material of the film itself. If you've watched Sleeping Beauty, if you have any knowledge whatsoever as to this, and then again, I'm going to say spoiler alert, but I'm sorry, guys. This is on not only on DVD and, and in movies. It's out on cable at this point. If you haven't seen it, it's probably because you haven't wanted to see it. I'm with. I've never seen it. Okay, it, it, they raped the source material, and and I and, and, and Lee in our discussion, I, I think I'm being fair in saying this. It was like watching JFK. Back when I was young, it was like watching JFK. And I remember watching the movie and being like, I'm open to the idea of it. It could have been a conspiracy. Lee Harvey Oswald may have not acted alone. But if you watch, if you watch JFK, by the end of the movie, they try to have you believing that not only did Lee Harvey Oswald not act alone, but Lee Harvey Oswald was the one guy trying to save JFK while everyone else was determined to kill him. And that's what you got the impression of when watching Maleficent. Maleficent, in terms of Disney villains, is the baddest of the bad. Right. You know, she's the Hitler. Well, you don't want to say Hitler. (laughs) Okay. She's the... um, She's really bad. She's pretty bad. I mean, what she is is... She tries to kill people. I mean... Right. Well... It's just that she is what you think of when you think of a typical Disney villain. Like, she is the embodiment... Of a Disney villain. That's yes. the best way to say it. I mean, she, she's trying. Disney villain, you think Maleficent. Yes. She is literally out to kill people in this movie. And there's no question about it. Um, if, you, if you watch the remake, Maleficent is not trying to kill Sleeping Beauty. She's just trying to put her to sleep. Um, a sleep to which she... Never wakes up. Maybe. But if you watch the remake with Angelina Jolie... I swear to you. Okay. Again, spoilers right now. If you haven't seen it, cleanse yourself of this right now. It. This is... Eli, you haven't seen this, right? I've never seen it. This is god-awful. Okay. The, the premise of the movie is obviously that Maleficent is the evil uh, presence that curses Sleeping Beauty. But in this remade universe, Maleficent is a fairy who falls in love with a, a thief, if you will. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. A thief? He's a thief when he's introduced in the movie, but Maleficent kind of likes him anyway because when she tells him to throw back what he's taken, he listens to her. The thief inevitably betrays her at some point in time, and what he does to her is he doesn't kill her because... Um, there's a, a rift, if you will, um, a fight between the fairyland, which they call the Moors, and, and, and the king's uh, realm, uh, which I don't think has a name. But uh, King Stefan, who is Aurora's father, 
is the one that takes. She's the one that befriends Maleficent when she when 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 they're young. He's the thief. She's somebody who comes in and helps him, and they become friendly. And then he just abandons her and doesn't show up for a long period of time. And then he shows up again with the express notion of killing her in order to secure his place in the kingdom. But Maleficent doesn't know that, so she's just happy to see her old friend again. She uh, drinks something that he gives her. She falls asleep. He's about ready to stab her and kill her. But instead of stabbing and killing her, he cuts off her wings. Oh, she had... She had uh, wings. Okay, she's yeah. a fairy. Uh, king Stefan presents those wings to the old king. I, I'm saying King Stefan. He's not King Stefan at this point. He presents those wings to the old king, and the old king, thinking that he vanquished mm-hmm. Maleficent, makes him king. And so now he's King Stefan. Maleficent wakes up and is uh, understandably mad that she's been uh, maimed. And because of that, uh, he, he becomes king, and then she curses his daughter, which the original Maleficent says that on her 16th birthday, she'll prick her finger on a, on a spinning wheel and die. And because the last fairy of the three, uh, I think it was Meriwether, hadn't made her wish quite yet, she's able to come, kind of subdue the damage and say, okay, she won't die, but she'll fall asleep. And if somebody kisses her and it's her true love, she'll awaken. What Maleficent does in the remake is say, I curse her to fall asleep unless for true love's kiss, which is not a provision the original Maleficent makes. So already you're dealing with a kinder, gentler Maleficent who's not out to kill the king's daughter, but only to say, ha, if she can find true love's kiss, then and only then will she exist on because Maleficent having been scarred by liking King Stefan and realizing that he wasn't all she imagined him to be has developed the mindset that there is no such thing as true love. So it dooms her to sleep forever. Okay. This is where we get to the part where up until then, I'm, I'm with you. I'll go with you. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Show me, because it, that's what it is. Maleficent, to me, is like watching the Phantom Menace through Revenge of the Sith. You're watching how does a, a villain become who they ultimately become. Give me the story. You know you're going to get a sympathetic backstory that explains who they are so you feel bad for them, so you understand the change and the shift. You'll see that, and by the end of it all, they are the baddest of the bad. Well, Maleficent, the movie takes a different approach you see the backstory you see what scarred her and then she does that one awful thing she does and proceeds to spend the rest of the movie trying to take it back (laughs) she never quite turns into darth vader instead it would be as if darth vader did that one like he saved the emperor betrayed mace windu uh, and Killed then, Obi-Wan. Well, no, 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 no. He never got to that point. Because once he made that one mistake, realized it was a mistake, and spent the rest of the movie trying to make up for it. Because what happens is, is that Maleficent curses her. And, okay, you remember when we watched the Hunger Games movie? Oh, uh, yeah. And remember how terrible that was? And you're watching Katniss Aberdeen sleep in trees? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... You're watching this bad Hunger Games, 
you, you're going to see all these kids fight to the death. And what you end up seeing is that the heroine basically sleeps in the tree the entire time while the rest of the people take care of what needs to be taken care of. Well, Maleficent basically stays in the tree the entire time and watches Sleeping Beauty for 16 years and saves her on multiple occasions because the fairies who have been who take care of her and make her into what she becomes are portrayed as cartoonishly stupid individuals who if left to their own devices Aurora would have been dead a long time ago that's how dumb they are Maleficent has to save Aurora on multiple occasions just so she can ultimately put her to sleep at when she becomes 16. She saves her and saves her and saves her. She saves her so she can curse her. Yes. From these ignorant fairies who are supposed to be the the heroes of the movie, she saves her, and and in in, in doing so, she becomes to like her. So at the very end of the movie, where the only thing that can awaken Sleeping Beauty when she ultimately falls asleep from being pricked by the uh, spinning wheel... The only thing that can save her is true love's kiss. And there's a moment there where her prince shows up and goes to kiss her. And as the audience, you're well aware of where they're going before they go there. And you want you, you to slit your throat that you know where they're going to go with this. In that when Prince Philip goes to kiss her, he doesn't wake her up because he's not her true love. Who is her true love, you might ask? Guess, Eli. Guess. Guess? Guess who the true Guess. love is. Yes. Who's who is Aurora's true love? I never saw the movie. Yes. Maleficent. There you go. What? Get the <laughs> At that point, I, I literally I was like I was like, fuck you, movie. Fuck <laughs> you. Can't Wait, I was I was joking. No! Literally, Maleficent is her true love. She awakens Sleeping she Beauty. She kisses her? She's, yes. I see that. But as a maternal kiss that awakens her, she saves her from her own father because her father could care less. Even though she, <laughs> everything he does is to protect her, when Sleeping Beauty comes up and says, Daddy, I'm fine. It's my 16th birthday. He's like, well, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Get out of here! You need to go away because I'm trying to protect you. <laughs> I mean, you know, instead of saying, baby, I'm glad you're here. Daddy's here. I'm going to stay with you from sunup till sundown to make sure nothing happens. He sends her away to the room full of abandoned spinning wheels <laughs> that have been collected. <laughs> That she finds to prick her finger so she falls victim to the curse that Maleficent has been desperately trying to take back. Wow. From the get-go. Ow, it's awful. It stunk. It was terrible. I don't know what to say, but I done, that does not make me want to see the movie short of the kiss <laughs> part. So, uh, I'm sorry, but to be fair, Lee, defend all that. <laughs> I, I can't. I really can't. <laughs> That's... This is where I knew I'd be in trouble on this episode because, <laughs> because Danny wow. is. Re- were you in debate in school or no? No, he because, wasn't. Yeah, you should no. have been. He, but that's he. Yeah, he has a point, and he. Yeah, he no, do it. Uh, no. Seriously, I mean, uh, here, Danny sees everything negatively at first. I don't mean that in a bad way, but no, he's very uh, a critical. He sees everything with a critical eye. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so even something very simple, he tries to find something wrong with it right off the bat. I'm the opposite. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was a pretty good movie. I thought it was cool. You're you know, entertained. Like, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Whatever. But I don't have any really strong points to say, well, no, you're wrong, Danny. This was a really good movie, and this is why. It was just kind of like, yeah, it was cool. I liked it. Well, no, no, that, uh, look, that's a fair critique because if you heard my Daredevil analysis. That's what I was going to say. I, I, yeah, I was like, I loved it. But. If, if there's one thing that I'm going to point out, I'll point out this because – when I say I love something, it, it, it's, it's far like, look, if I love something, I'm, I can sit here and talk about what I love, but I'm like, for time purposes, let me go to that one thing that he, yeah, I didn't have a problem with. He doesn't have a problem with. And, it, 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 it'll, and, he, and he validates it really good. <laughs> but what the thing is, is this, is like, uh, you have to remember, though, Lee, is like, you know, like you said with the Daredevil thing, there's parts that you liked about it, too. And there might be something where, like, he hit... I mean, look, I, I mean, I admit he hit that story pretty solid. And if that's what the whole story is, I like, wow. But I'm sure if you point out something that's visual that you liked about it or if there was something you don't, you know, like. Right. And that's just how it is. Did she at least turn into the old woman? No. No. No, uh, no. You think it's Snow White. And oh, it, yeah. That's it, true. No, 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 no. Oh, God. Okay. All right, dude. I'm going to help I mean, you. I don't want the whole show to become about Maleficent. Well, no, you're but, right. And it, it is, but. I got. I got to answer this. You know, it's it's one of those deals where I liked it because I like to see the backstory and mm -hmm. how you know see it from a different perspective. I'm with you and all that kind of stuff. And I'm all. And with Danny that. made a lot of good points as to why maybe there's a uh, we'll just call it plot holes. Why should I know? see it? He yeah. tells me why I shouldn't see right. it. Why do you think I should see it? Uh, I, I don't know that you should after that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know that I can defend it. Well, can I, I just thought it was an enjoyable movie in general. Okay. Is the best way I can say it. But yes, I mean, it's now you see all the plot holes, you're kind of like, wow, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that really doesn't make sense. Can I mean, I, but like, what did you... Let me say something like, real quick, though. Let me say something that addresses you. I thought it was... Visually, I thought it was very... I, I liked it visually. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Let, go ahead, Danny. Let me say something that addresses something that Eli said, because Eli was asking, does she turn to the old woman? I apologize. No, 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 no. no. Let, let me just get through this. She doesn't turn to the old woman because you're thinking of Snow White. What Maleficent turns into is better than an old woman. It's a dragon. Really? And the dragon tries to slay Prince Philip, who's trying to get to Sleeping Beauty. In this version, she doesn't turn into a dragon. She turns her crow into a dragon to protect Sleeping Beauty. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. wait. Yes! Wait, no, I, all right, wait, wait. Now you're talking about memory. Yeah, I remember the, the big-ass, badass black dragon yes. that showed up and the prince was, like, on the ridge or something. Yes. That's in the cartoon. That's right. Yes, but not in the real movie. No, not in, in the, the real movie. In the, re in the remake. Yeah. She's caught. She's trapped in, in, into a gate where she's being burned by the evil oppressors, keeping her away from saving Sleeping Beauty while... She turns a, her crow into a dragon. Why does she turn to a dragon? Break out to jail because she's in. Because in this universe, a fairy, if touched by iron, is is rendered helpless. What? It burns them. Oh. And so she touches her her crow, and her crow is her protector. And the crow turns into well. This, I like the crow. That was yeah, a good move. He turns. She turns <laughs> the crow into a dragon. <laughs> And it's just something else at some point in time as well. I can't remember what it was. And it's just again, okay. it's as if if it's, it's as if you're watching Star Wars and Darth Vader decides I'm not going to be Darth Vader. I made a mistake. Yes, I did. But now I'm going to be a good guy. She never becomes the bad guy with the understandable backstory 
And then you say, oh, that's how she became Melissa. So you, right. so she yeah. never. They robbed you of all that. Yeah, but that, that's that, the thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, in, in retrospect, you never. It's a backstory, but it's not a true backstory. Right. It's a it's backstory. An alternate. Of, it's almost like Maleficent wrote the movie. Yes. <laughs> and said, hey, look, I'm really not that bad. Uh, let me tell you what really happened. You know, and, and like Lee said earlier, yes, I'm indeed. all with the idea of let's present the story from a different point of view because I've seen Wicked. And Wicked's a very well done uh, musical where they do the story from the Wicked Witch's point of view. But at the end of the day, the Wicked Witch and Dorothy aren't embracing. It's not like the Wicked Witch has been helping Dorothy this entire time. You understand why her and Dorothy are at odds because there's a sympathetic backstory that where you 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 empathize with the with with, with the wicked what witch makes them the become what they are they take away all that they're like no she's a hero and she's the only one watching out for sleeping beauty and everybody else is just her dad sucks the fairies are stupid <laughs> the mama died young so she wasn't doing anything either everyone was dumb except for maleficent who was the only person, her one true love, looking at, and it was just like the dumbest thing they could have done with the most baddest, and I'll give them credit from one standpoint, but I'm also gonna accuse them of something else here because if you watch the original Disney cartoon Maleficent, Lee, you tell me, what color was Maleficent in the evil, the evil Maleficent in the, in the Disney cartoons? I remember this. Well, she was black. But she was surrounded by a lot of green. Purple. Yeah, but what was her skin color? Oh, green. And what I'm thinking is, is maybe there's a subliminal message going on here. She's green with envy. No, 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 no. Green Maleficent bad. White Maleficent nice. Oh. The whiter you are, the nicer you are. The darker <laughs> you are, the more evil you are. That's Curse racist. Curse you. That's racist. But she's already in black. <laughs> The outfit is already black. Well, you can be in black. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person. Nuns wear black. No, but black it's, it's, it's a visual. It's a, it's, a, it's, a visual, it's a visual thing. Well, you're not afforded that backstory in the original. In the original, she's bad for the sake of being bad. And quite honestly, so many times, so many times, and we're going to get into... I swear we're going to get into the, the original no, debate. <laughs> so many times, what you find is when you try to explain evil... You end up with a bad story. Yeah. When you, you try to explain why Darth Vader is evil, you end up with a bad story. You, yeah. When you try to explain why Michael Myers or Freddy or Jason are evil, you end up with a bad story. In other words, evil is best left unexplained. Yeah. It, people, that's true. When, you, when you have to say it's 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 nurture as opposed to nature, it, it's less impactful. You know, it's more impactful if the villain is just bad by nature than what it is as if they were made that way. Well, the trick is is that if you have a, a bad character, mm -hmm. everybody's going to go to that character when you have, like, the good guy because the, the villain always drives a story. Mm -hmm. You know, because the villain plots something, the villain yes. is after the hero, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. So if you don't have a villain, you really don't have a story. You could have the coolest hero in the world but if you don't have a villain to drive it you don't have a story now granted if you make a villain like a movie about a villain mm -hmm. um you do have to have some key points to make it work and one of them is to say yeah they weren't all you know they weren't all bad because if the 
No person is supposed to identify with a villain. Let's take Beauty and the Beast, for example. If you watch Beauty and the Beast, who's a villain? Gaston. Gaston, very good. If you watch that movie back and you keep an open mind, Gaston could easily be viewed as a hero because his motives, albeit, yeah, they are somewhat selfish and mm. that he wants, you know, Belle to marry him. You know, put yourself in that perspective. Somebody comes back, there's an evil beast. He held my father captive. The only way to get my father free was to take his place. And Gaston's like, well, we must go slay the beast. We must go kill this thing before he visits any harm. So there's a sense of only us who have seen the beast have his transformation from bad guy to good guy really understand that, no, Gaston, you shouldn't want to kill the beast. But the beast at the very beginning of the movie that does take her father... Well, you can certainly understand Gaston wanting to kill that guy. Yeah. So, in other words, it's all perspective. So Gaston, from a, from a particular point of view, could be viewed as a good guy. You have to have a certain amount of gray area for it to work. Yes. You know, and that's... and that's Really work. That, work yeah. On a deep level. And it's tough because it's gray. It can go either way. You can't go too far. You can't go too good. Obviously... Uh, the way you described it, Maleficent went too good. Actually, she kind of... I didn't know about the wanting to kiss the true love. I, that was just a guess to be funny, but... Um, <laughs> that's But that is a very... Storytelling-wise, it's a very tough line to tell. Yeah. Very tough. Okay, so let's move on beyond this. And Lee, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, not at all. Okay. <laughs> make, watch the movie and make your own decision. Yeah. But, not, yeah. but now you have a little bit different perspective before you watch it, if you haven't seen and, it. And, and tell me why I'm wrong. Please tell I, me why I, I'm I kinda, wrong. I'm kind of curious. If it's on Netflix, I'll watch it. It's before. on Netflix. Okay. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. What's the part of time is? I saw DirecTV. No, I'm sorry. I found it on DirecTV. Go, I, I don't have direct TV. Google search it, and if not, you know, I, I'll we'll figure out a way to make it happen. It's not that hard. So you you asked about 101 Dalmatians. You hadn't seen it. I had. Yes. Uh, the short answer is this to me was just a very campy feel to it. It just felt why? Because Corella was trying to save the Dalmatians. No, she was trying to save them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it it sticks pretty true to the story, but it just was done in such a okay. way that it just it's one of those it's one of those pictures when. When you hear that they're going to remake the cartoon into a live action, uh-huh. this is what you hope doesn't happen. Okay. It's, that's the best way I can explain it. It just was silly. It was, I mean, I don't care for Glenn Close that much anyway, but um, it just was a silly, it, it, it was Air Bud uh, <laughs> times 101. Yeah, wow. Uh, that's what I related it to. I mean, God, God 101 Air Buds. 101 Air Buds. And my son, <laughs> my son is all into the Air Buds right now, and it's like, oh. Wow. Yeah, it's terrible. He can shoot a basketball with his nose. That's yeah. impressive. <laughs> well, now there's a wrestling one coming out, but um, that's, <laughs> I saw the trailer for that. I was like, oh. And then they did 102 Dalmatians, so uh-huh. they really took it to, like to the next level. Uh-huh. Um, so that one I didn't, I didn't care for at all. Right. Um, Cinderella again. I think Cinderella. Once you see it, you're gonna like it for your daughter. Okay. You know, I think it's. That one to me really did stay true to the story. Other than the mice didn't help her out in the in the live action a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. They were just there until they got uh, changed into uh, whatever they got changed into. They weren't any help to they her. They drove at all. the carriage. Yeah, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, okay. to, it, it's got a, got a it's got a lot of good visuals and uh, it stays pretty true to the story. So, so was, there was no Gus Gus. 
There is a Gus Gus. There's a Gus Gus. Yeah, the, the, the mice are there. But if you remember... Uh, but they have names. Yeah, they, they still okay. have the names. They're, they're okay. still the mice. They still have the names. Um, you get to see how the evil stepsisters and the stepmom came to be, how the father got introduced to them, which you didn't know about that in the, in the cartoon. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of an interesting backstory. Okay. Uh, uh, so that, that was kind of cool to see that. Um, so really, it, other than the one scene where in, in the cartoon where the mice and the birds all helped her b- make the dress, she just makes it herself. So, okay. I mean, other than that, it, it's pretty true to the, to the cartoon. Okay. Um, so again, it, it, you know, if you like Cinderella, you'll like. I think you'll like the remake. Okay, and and, and that sounds reasonable enough. So let, let's go into that. So remakes. What do you guys think? Are you for them? The live action remakes of the animated classics. Are you for them? Are there ones that you are anxious to see remade? Are there ones you're not anxious to see remade? What do you think? I, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Uh, I'd like to see. I'd like to see maybe an updated animated version of the animation. Mm-hmm. I'd be good with that. But I think it just really comes down to the fact that when you do something live action, you have to use live things. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't. You can't have a talking bear. You know, like you can animate a talking bear, like you know Baloo. I would love to see Baloo. Yeah, I like Baloo. But you know, you you're can't gonna see him. Yeah, you're gonna see him. You know, he's gonna talk him. Who? Bill Murray. <sighs> you know, I like Bill Murray, but here's the thing: you're gonna have a bear. He's gonna be a real bear. He's not gonna see to me. I, I, uh, who would play? I would see Baloo as uh, who's the guy from Roseanne? John Goodman. John Goodman. You see, for me, with John Favreau directing, I pictured Baloo as as as, as uh, Vince Vaughn. <laughs> he let all his boys yeah, in on it. Yeah, that. you know I, that's what I thought. I thought that's where we were going with this. And then but. it's just, a, it's, but it's just like as an animation, you can do things. You know, and I mean that's common sense. You can do things in an animation you can't do in live action. Okay. You know, there's a certain sense of character that you can do when a guy's happy, go lucky. He's a bear, or he's a mm-hmm. like you say. You talk about Lee with Cinderella. You know, you have like you know all the mice in the cartoon. But I mean, real a uh, real live action thing. You got to train mice. You know what I'm saying? You got to train. You have to train the mice to do these different. It sounds crazy, but it's true. Oh, so for example, like you, since you brought it up, I mean, in Jungle Book, are they gonna have a real bear that they just put a voice on top of, or are they gonna have a CGI bear? You know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. That's right. gonna be weird, I think. Well, you know, and that's why, like, okay, when we're talking about the subject of the remakes, there are certain remakes that can let go, but like remakes like The Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. uh, remakes like. Um, uh, aristocrats, or or one of those kind of Lady the Tramp, maybe Lady the Tramp. Well, you have a, an abundance of animals in the film, and the animals are the are the protagonists and the antagonists, that kind of thing. Um, why? Why do you need to remake right. that? They're already animated. You don't need to do uh, an animated CG film and throw in two or three live action actors that don't really equate to the story, like. You know the mer- like again, and I'm, I'm going to go back to Maleficent here. If you saw those three fairies, they looked terrible. It was like CGI done on the cheap until they became their full versions. See, yeah, I would. They I, let I, the child. They let a three-year-old baby walk off a cliff at one point. Well, you know, you got. I'm not train kidding you. You got to train them young. I'm not really? kidding you. <laughs> Maleficent has to save the three-year-old baby she's trying to kill from walking over a cliff just so she can curse. I'm sorry. And it, it bothered you. Woosah. All right. Woosah. Woosah. Here's, here's, all right. Here's the thing. If it's, 
CGI, if you need CGI in it, that yes. basically is animation, right? Yes. yes. So just make it all CGI and keep it, you know, animated. They're already doing that, mm-hmm. you know. So and and plus, you know what? Something else though, it gives more animators a job, and I, <laughs> I I'm all about giving artists jobs. I don't see the sense of making it live action when you have these crazy mixes of, like you say, people and animals. I mean, dogs can't talk if you use an actual dog. It doesn't look right. You know, if that's the whole movie, right. it's not going to look right. If it's CGI, you can suspend that, you know, that belief. Well, but then th- that's the thing. It's like when you're watching these kind of movies... There is a sense where you're trying to suspend your your disbelief, but at some point in time, is if there's too much CGI, you become very well aware that's an actor acting on a green screen with a lot of CGI around it, and it just doesn't feel. Either it should all be CGI, and you're taking it in a la Pixar, or use the CGI sparingly. But like you run into the problem, like uh, when you watch The Phantom Menace or Revenge of the Sith or any of the the, the prequel Star Wars movies where you become very well aware that it's one actor acting on a green screen. You know nothing around them is real. Now, if they want to start talking about remaking Disney films, I don't have a problem with going ahead and doing it. Like, they remade Alice in Wonderland. I didn't have a problem with that, even though a lot of that was CGI as well. But I didn't have a problem with it because they, they drew a, a distinct difference between Alice the Cartoon and Alice, the, the, the movie. Mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland, the Tim Burton version, was a sequel to the original Alice in Wonderland if it would have happened in an alternate universe where everything is a little bit more Tim T- Burton related. Yeah, twisted looking. So it's already, a, you know, it's a sequel going into it, let alone a sequel to it, a version that never happened. And, and, and to that extent, I'll even give Maleficent a pass. It's an alternate version of the story. When you get into make it, remaking movies down to it's going to hit every beat, they're going to sing every song, it's going to be the exact same way as you remember, then it gets to a sense of, okay, well, then why do we need that? You know, if, if, if I'm watching Beauty and the Beast and half of it's CGI, the Beast is CGI, Cogsworth is CGI, Lumiere is CGI, if, all, if everything's CGI and the one real thing is Belle... It may as well be animated. Exactly. Keep it animated. Yeah. So that, that's probably why the Cinderella <coughs> work good because it's it's mostly about Cinderella and the stepsisters and her right. dad and there's not that much uh, actual animals involved with it. Mm-hmm. So and and the mice are just mice. They're not trying to make them talk. They don't they don't try to make them talk or make them do weird stuff like like make a dress or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just there. Who they're just friends. Her friends because she has no one else uh, to be friends with. So um, that. In that perspective, that that makes Cinderella, you know, probably work better. Which actually, you know, looking at this list, that could be a real good situation with Mulan. Uh, absolutely. Again, I would prefer them take the material in a different direction than what the cartoon did. Just don't don't try to do a, a direct remake, beat by beat, song by song. Um, but it's also why movies like uh, The Lion King would make a horrible live action remake because again. Where's the live action actors? I mean, there's not one human being in any of the two hours of The Lion King that I remember. Right. Well, uh, Dumbo is going to be bad from that perspective. I mean, I, I look. I love Tim Burton's uh, visual style, 
uh, as far as a director and a storyteller, I might have my differences, but visually, it's going to be stunning. Will it be the same? Uh, like no, you won't feel the same. You won't. You won't. But movies, I would like to see them kind of remake. Movies, I think that would do well from this kind of a treatment. If you wanted to put a little CGI with a little bit more live action, okay, fair enough. Kind of on, a, kind of update them. Song of the South. Song mm. of, I, I would love to see them redo Song of the South because the tales of Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Bear, Br'er Fox, Br'er, all those guys—they deserve to be retold. But it would be tough to remember that story. Not to mention, you still have animals that are, you know. Uh, Tim Burton but. doing Song of the South would be <laughs> very <laughs> scary. Would be yes. something. I mean, to, it'd be very. He's got his hands full of Beetlejuice too. Um, what about Robin Hood? All right, I, I, I'll play. I'll play. I'll play the game. What about Robin Hood? Well, well see, Robin, Robin Hood again, Hood, all animals. Yeah, but Robin, okay. So, but Robin Hood, that's already a story that Disney made into a cartoon. Mm-hmm. So if you redo it, you wouldn't do it with animals. You do it. It's got to have yeah, people. That's people. the key. Yeah, it's got to have people. What about bed knobs and broomsticks? I guess. I, 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 you know I, what? That whole, that whole time frame right there is... I just I, I tuned it out. I don't... I wasn't into <laughs> it. You don't, you don't <laughs> accept that. No, I mean... No, it's not that. It's just like... I, there's nothing there that excites me to be remade. Like, nah, I get Bed knobs and broomsticks wasn't good enough as a Disney movie I love to be remade. But... I was a stupid kid at the time, but I loved it. But I'm saying I'm a little bit older, so that was kind of like I was already moved on from from that. So that doesn't hold anything to me. Like maybe Peach Dragon would interest me because they're doing that. Yeah, I saw that. So that's a movie that I saw as a kid that maybe, but if you think about it realistically, was it really even that great of a movie? I mean, no. I mean, I liked it because I was a kid and I saw it as a kid and I saw it at the movie theater and it was really cool Right. when they threw the, the tarp on top of uh, Pete and you could see him moving around and all that stuff. So, yeah, but in retrospect, was it really that great of a movie? No. Okay, here's yeah. one. So, why, uh, why even redo a movie that really wasn't, like, why would you redo Apple Dumpling Gang? But uh, well, it wasn't that great to begin with. What about Sorcerer's Stone? That well, you know, can I can I tell you something? I'm about ready to go right where you're talking about. Yeah. Let me play devil's advocate to what Lee just said. Why remake the good films? Why not go back and remake, like Eli said, Sorcerer's Stone, Black Cauldron, some of the less commercially successful films, and try to give them new life. A, a new life, exactly. Why? Mm. Why? Why pick? You already got a bell. You're you've got a beast. You've got that formula works. Maleficent worked well before. They made her own movie about it. What's wrong with what Eli says there? Why not go and say, let's, let's revisit the less successful films? Hmm. Why not do that? Maybe. I, I'm trying to think if, if Peach Dragon would even appeal to someone now. I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. Still to this day. We could, I have, mean, we could have Pete's Maleficent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just burns down the whole city. <laughs> but he didn't do it. But he loves Pete. I'm just trying to say, I could see that. Like, doing a little bit of a more of a remake with a Black Cauldron. I could see that. Sword of Stone, I could see that. Yeah. I mean. Um, what about a Mary Poppins kind of, not a remake, but again, if you do like the Tim Burton kind of thing where it's a sequel, she's with a new family, and she's trying to teach a new group of children some kind of a different lesson. There's other angles you could take this in that would work well. I mean, yeah, kind of Bang Bang, you know, same kind of that 
genre that makes yeah that makes sense yeah it kind of speaks so to who's Disney. who's who's today's dick van dyke because dick van dyke was in a lot of those movies who's jim, jim carrey? carrey jim carrey almost said jim carrey that's interesting yeah <laughs> we share movie. the same brain um but no I'm, I'm just saying like when it comes to um taking these these characters and putting them forth in like in a cg format if you're gonna go ahead and go that step beyond is it really that different to take a mostly human film and take the the like let's say Roger Rabbit mm. would Roger Rabbit I mean would that be any different if you just took the cartoons out and added CGI in no, no. I mean it's better with the cartoons right yeah well I mean it that's what helped to add to did they that movie didn't take itself seriously at all right it knew what it was and that's the key anything you do that displays some sort of you know cartoony or fakery to it you may as well just make it animated I, there's just no way around that and that's a very tough thing to do i mean it's more expensive at that okay well then let's get into a more so do you think it's okay for disney to go ahead and take their pre-established properties that have been successful and remake them to live action features what is your thoughts lee well the diplomatic answer to me in my my middle of the road answer is of course if it's the right actors and it's the right script and it's the right thing but man the chances to do it wrong are higher than the chances to do it right mm -hmm. so should they do it probably not it works less than it doesn't work okay eli yeah i i, I agree there's way more risk than reward uh you have way more money to take something that's animated that parents can take the kids to see and really make that into something uh, special with the effects and everything that they have now. Just make it CGI and then, you know, call it a day. You don't have, you know, you're good. But I'll say this from my perspective. Originally, when I heard about the the sheer amount of, of remakes that are scheduled in the pipeline, I was like, no guts, no glory. Look at this. There was upwards of like six films that have been green-lighted for live-action remakes. And I thought about it a little bit more, and I'm like, you know, recently, I, not, it wasn't too long ago, I showed my daughter Snow White. And she started watching it, and inevitably, she got bored with it. And I started showing her Beauty and the Beast uh, not too long ago. And it was the Blu-ray copy. And the Blu-ray copy, you don't realize, I mean, these old anime films, they just don't translate well to Blu-ray. All this wonderful and magnificent animation, when now being held up to that Blu-ray standard, it looks worse than the old Warner Brothers cartoons in some, in some moments. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a problem with them trying to update their, their old fairy tales to keep them relevant. My thing is this, decide, are you fish or are you foul? Are you going to go with, we're doing a sequel, alternate version copy a la Alice in Wonderland? Or even, you know, I thought it was bad, but to give it some, some due respect, Maleficent? Or are you going to go in a different direction and you're going to say, okay, we're going to do a beat-by-beat -beat representation, but we're going to do it better than what you remember it. And that's the thing. If you're going to do it better than what we remember it, you better make sure, make damn sure, uh, you step up your game. Mm -hmm. So at, at first when I, when I saw it, you know, I, I was steadfastly against it, just thinking selfishly, thinking for me. But remembering my daughter's response to seeing the films that I've grown up with, it, again, I mean, the, the Blu-ray just, it, it doesn't hold up. Sorry, but 
thoughts? Anything? Have y'all yeah, seen I mean, this? my daughter, when she was younger, we didn't. Blu-rays weren't in. There was she had VHS. Okay, and that's and, a better way to watch right. it. Right, and she loved Aristocats. Mm-hmm. She loved Dumbo. She loved uh, Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. My son, Tarzan. He really liked Tarzan a lot. Yeah. Um, he liked Atlantis. And the other one that was a, a remake of uh, the pirate movie. But it was set in the future. Oh, Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. Mm-hmm. Those are what he liked. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to, in my mind, I'm trying to justify if, okay, so let's take, for example, my daughter. Mm-hmm. When she has a kid, is she going to want them to be able to have a version of Aristocats or a version of, the, or the, do, do you think that her kids are going are going to appreciate Dumbo and the Unless movies it's, like they are. If it's made live action? No, just as they are now. Well, here, here's, your, here's what I would say would be a problem, is that your daughter is going to get that no matter what. Like, okay, you know, we like to think of Cinderella and Dumbo and, and, and um, well, I can't speak for Dumbo, but Cinderella and Rapunzel and Snow White as being part, they're all Disney princesses. That's how we like to think of them. But the truth is, is they're public domain. And if you look at right now, in addition to the films that I read off, they're making a Tarzan, mm-hmm. different studio. They're, they're making another Peter Pan, different studio. All these other people are making live-action versions of these classic Disney characters, which, who knows, maybe one day those things take off. And all of a sudden, this new Peter Pan becomes that Peter Pan of, the generation, of, of that generation. Or this new Cinderella becomes... The Cinderella of that generation. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if, in some extent, whereas it, 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 it's not meant for us. We had our version. Your time is done. Shuffle along now. Pay the pay the twelve bucks to take your daughter to go see the new version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but they want to see High School Musical the sequel. That's the problem. <laughs> well, hopefully not my daughter. <laughs> so. Anyway, that's okay. So, have we said? Is there anything else y'all need to say about this? No, I think that was a perfect way to end it. Right okay, yeah, let, let's let's close it out right there. All right, listeners, you know what that music means. It means it's time for us to stop tormenting you. Um, so we're wrapping up another podcast over here at the Magic Away. I hope you had a good time. We certainly had a good time, but I mean, hey, we had uh, alcoholic enhancement. So um, let us know how it worked out without that. Let us know how, how this. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to say that. What? I don't think you're supposed to say that. Well, tell me that beforehand. <laughs> you just said it. I can't tell you beforehand until you say it. All right, guys. So for all things Magic Our Way, you got to go to www.magicourway.com. We've got a lot of stuff on there that you would love. Uh, for instance, Kevin is going to make show notes out of all this. I don't know how, but he is. It Magically, they will appear. He'll make show notes out of everything that we've discussed. That so will give you links to things that we discussed. So you don't have to just take our word for it. You can go look at videos and see things and articles and whatnots that exactly express what we were referring to when we did the show itself it'll it'll go ahead and give you a spot right there on the website you go in there magicourway.com you click there's a 
thing that pops up, you can leave us a message right then and there, right on the website. You don't have to dial a number. You don't have to leave an email. You just go ahead, click a button, and you just record and leave us a message and tell us what you think about what we had to say. Or not. Maybe sometimes it's better to just, you know. <laughs> it, just, it, it depends. Um, so that's what you could do. So go ahead and do that. Go to magicourway.com uh, or email us at magicourway at gmail.com if you want to think out your thoughts a little bit better because it helps us because we can read it on the air. But if you don't want to do that, you can call us at one eight four four harambe That's one eight four four lee harambe Very good. Very good. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing some competition here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You can check us out on our Libsyn page. That's Magic Our Way, Libsyn.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry. Check us out on all that stuff. And uh, finally, one more time, our magnificent travel agent, Lee. Please go ahead. Tell us about yourself. Yes. Uh, you've got a friend in Lee, an affiliate with Magic One Month's Vacation, a earmarked agency. You can reach me at 832-570-5490. You can email me at lee at mmvagent.com. Check out my Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash travel L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A travel. Uh, take a moment and go to our Magical Moments uh, page as well. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. We'll update you on the latest happenings and discounts and all kinds of cool stuff over at facebook.com slash magical moments vacations main boom boom goes the dynamite all right boom goes the dynamite good job lee all right so i i've got nothing else to say there uh well no you know what i do i do have something else to say there i kind of pimped it earlier on in the show but i think i want to uh give him the opportunity to pimp it himself eli tell us a little bit about ivory comics Oh, uh, Ivory Comics is uh, my personal uh, comic studio where I produce a comic called Project Geisha, which I am on the second issue of producing due to come out uh, between June and July. So check that out if you can, www.ivorycomics.com. Feel free to uh, Facebook me, uh, Eli Ivory, and uh, I always post some different pages there, and I appreciate the support. Thank you. And there's a lot of good comic books on that site you guys can go ahead and check out. All right, well, look, thank you, thank you both for being here in the studio with me. I couldn't have done this without you. Uh, it's been a, well, it's been a long show. I've enjoyed it. How about y'all? Hey, it was always good to be with you guys. It, good it, to it, hang out. That it, was fun. I enjoyed it. I thought we had fun. I hope you listeners had fun. If you didn't have fun, let us know. Or, well, if you did have fun, let us know. If you didn't have fun, may maybe go watch Daredevil on Netflix, you know, as opposed to letting us know about it. it whatever you want to do, it, it's fine by us. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll catch you down the road. Magic out.